Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Man, you know it's going to be a great night when people on like the second row are flossing during the offering time, so... It is so good to be here tonight. Tonight, I have the distinct honor uh, to introduce to you our speaker. She is one of our own, uh, graduated recently from the Good News School of Ministry. She serves here at Bethesda Church, and the one thing I'm going to say about her before we welcome her to this platform is that I have watched her over the last year or two dive in to God's Word like no one I've ever seen to study God's Word. The Bible talks about that we should study as ministers to show ourselves approved, and she has a love for God's Word, and so I want you to do me a favor tonight as we introduce one of our own. Would you stand to your feet, and tonight let's give a big Bethesda welcome to Trina Curtis Edwards as she comes to share God's Word with us. Thank you. You may be seated. Disclaimer, this is the first time I've spoken in front of a crowd this big, so please bear with me. First and foremost, I would like to thank God for his grace, his mercy, and his protection, because without it, none of us would be here tonight. And I want to thank Pastor Chad for this opportunity to speak in the house that changed my life. I read a quote some time ago and it stuck with me. It said, healing is a process. It's a journey that's traveled on a road that's paved with pain, but landscaped with growth. And as I was writing this message, the Holy Spirit gave me this. But take comfort in knowing that every rejection, disappointment, heartbreak, or loss is all a part of a huge puzzle. And that puzzle is called ministry. When we face adversity, It's not necessarily all about us. We go through those dark seasons in order to be able to help others put their pieces back together when they're going through. Because because in order to mend, we must first know what it feels like to be broken. And then I read something the other day, and it confirmed what the Holy Spirit told me, and I'm going to share it with you. If you can trust a puzzle company to make sure every piece is in the box to complete the puzzle, then why can't you trust God that every piece of your life is there for a reason? I've had my heart shattered into a million pieces only to be put back together and shattered again. I've been betrayed, rejected, abused, and I've suffered great disappointments. If you have been through a season of pain, I'm here to let you know that you had to go through it. And that is the title of my message. Romans 8:18 For I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. When God works on you it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes you may have to suffer for a little while. Through all of your tears, your heartaches and disappointments, please know that God is working on you. Because when God touches you, he uses everything and every circumstance in your life to touch you. 
And because the enemy wants me to think that I'm defeated, that God has turned his back on me, and that I need to give up, often I have to remind myself that God's hand is on my failures. He's with me in my struggles. He's comforting me in my pain. And he believes in me when I don't believe in myself. And no matter what I'm going through, he's working on me. There is a process to being molded by God, and sometimes we can actually feel when his hands are shaping us. We are the, he is the potter, we are the clay. And some of God's greatest work in me has been in times of adversity, because purpose doesn't always come through pleasure. Sometimes it comes through transitional pains. Sometimes you have to go through your worst to become your best. God is not punishing you. He's preparing you. So there are certain things you're going to have to walk through because of the calling that's on your life. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses eight through nine. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Some storms come to clear your path, and when it is your time, God will move whoever and whatever needs to be moved to get you in position. This means you will have to let go of some people, places, and things. It's not easy, and it's going to hurt, but the pain is actually God's way of pruning because not everything or everyone is is ordained to follow you into your next season. But there is beauty in your brokenness. Walking through the storm, God covers you so well that you don't look like what you're going through. Some people will see you and not even know about the pain that you're feeling in your heart. And it's not only your heart that breaks, sometimes there's a battle that breaks loose in your mind. This is when the enemy is constantly trying to remind you of the things that tried to destroy you. But there is power in sharing your testimony, and so tonight I'm going to share mine with you. When I first started attending church here a little over three years ago, I was at the lowest point in my life. I was so broken. I was bitter, angry, hurt, discouraged, and full of unforgiveness. And this was stemming from 17 years of pain carried from an abusive marriage, and most recently an engagement that ended just months before the wedding because of infidelity. But I have a praise report. What the enemy meant for evil God meant it for good. And I want you to know that the people and things that hurt you in life, they play a significant part in shaping your character. Rejection is so hard to overcome, and whether it's within a relationship or any other situation. Although the end of that engagement had the biggest effect on me emotionally, as far as getting my mind focused on God and getting me on path to purpose, I went from losing what I thought I needed to being reminded that God is all I need. And the divorce had the greatest spiritual impact on me because it challenged me in the area of getting my heart right with God. In order to do that, the first thing that I had to do was to forgive. Because forgiving my ex-husband had nothing to do with him, but it had everything to do with me and my destiny. Carrying that burden of unforgiveness affected me in so many ways, including my prayer life. My prayers were out of alignment. I will even go as far as to say that they were spiteful and selfish. There was nothing spiritual about them. When praying for my ex, I was letting my hurt and anger do the talking, so to speak. 
My prayers for him consisted of me telling God how what a terrible husband and father he was and about how I wanted him to get everything back that he had done to me a hundredfold. I went there. <laughs> my words weren't lining up with the word of God. I was allowing my flesh to dictate my prayers. So in fact, my prayers for him were actually all about me and how I wanted him to hurt because I was hurting. It's true that we reap what we sow, but his harvest was not my business. I wasn't supposed to wish upon him what he had done to me. Your greatest test might be how you handle the person who did you wrong, betrayed you or hurt you, and your deliverance is in your humility. Vengeance belongs to the Lord, and repaying evil for evil or insult for insult is out of the will of God. So now let me tell you about divine intervention. Some of Pastor Chad's first messages preached when I started coming here with the art of letting go. God is so amazing that he knows exactly what we need when we need it. This series included titles such as A Mandate to Forgive, What Forgiveness Is, and Forgiving Yourself. And I encourage you to listen to those messages if you haven't heard them already. You will be blessed. I was stuck in all of that pain from my past, and my heart was unqualified to pray for my ex. Because Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So I had to get to a place where I was able to forgive him and let go of the bitterness and pain. If there is anyone here tonight who is holding on to pain, I tell you to let it go because it's just a distraction. It's one of the easiest ways to kill your potential. The enemy uses it to keep you stuck in your past and to keep you from moving forward in your purpose. So don't be a prisoner to your pain. Once you make the decision to move on, it will be the best decision you've ever made. And I encourage you to get out of that dead place and move on to something better. Because I had allowed my emotional wound to consume me, it turned into a spiritual wound. And I needed God's help to heal. Because each time that I felt like I was moving past the offense and making progress, moving beyond my pain, I would stumble. Because I found myself remembering the infidelity. The times when he put his hands on me to hurt me. I would go back to the times that he beat me down with his words and disrespected me in front of other people and, and my children. Then I was right back at square one. And for years I stayed in this marriage because I was afraid that if I divorced him that I couldn't make it into heaven. But God is love. And the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8 reminded me that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. And once that word took root in my heart, my mind was made up. I was so ready to get out of that hell that I was living in. Being alone is a lot better than being abused, mistreated, and disrespected, and don't you ever let anyone tell you any different. Now, I still remember the times when he looked me in my eyes and told me he would kill me before he let another man have me. 
And what's heartbreaking and ironic is his brother tragically murdered his girlfriend back in October of 2002. She was only 24 years old and the mother of their 11-month-old son. And that's one day that I'll never forget. I remember thinking, my God, that could have been me. But God was a hedge of protection around me. And I'm so thankful that I found the courage to walk away and that I never looked back. There was no way I was going to let my children grow up thinking it was okay to treat somebody like that or to ever be mistreated. So there I was, a single mom with two toddlers, depending on me for everything. My son, Dre, was three, and my daughter, Deja, was a year old. In the back of my mind, I could still hear my ex telling me that I would never make it without him. But I knew something that he didn't. With God, all things are possible, including being a successful single parent. And I'm not saying that it was always easy, but God has always provided. And I'm so thankful for the support system that he has given me with. My parents and my siblings are amazing. I'm so blessed and thankful to have them. And both of my children are born-again Christians. (laughs) They pray for and with each other all the time. And I thank God for allowing me to be their mom. The three of us have always been joined at the hip, and this year has been hard for us because Deja is now a freshman at West Virginia University. Go Mountaineers! About two years ago, I was driving home from church one Sunday. This is before my son started coming every Sunday, so I was by myself. But a song came on the radio, and the song was called Create In Me. The music can be great therapy. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. That wouldn't be therapy. That would be like capital punishment for your ears. And the people that stand around me doing praise and worship, I know your minds are screaming, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But I am going to share some of the lyrics with you by reading them. Search my mind. Search my heart. Touch my spirit. I want to make a brand new start. If you find anything in me that should not be, take it out and straighten me. It's my desire to be right. Oh, Lord, make me right. I've heard that song a hundred times before, but on this particular day, at this particular time, this song ministered to my spirit in such a way that I began to cry and pray out loud. I made that song my plea before the Lord. I asked God, Lord, if there's anything in my heart that is not like you, take it out and replace it with your light. You can't grow while you're comfortable. And as long as I was comfortable in my bitterness, my heart would remain unqualified. I needed to be in alignment with God and his word, and I needed to seek his will. And his will was for me to forgive. So one day, last year, The Holy Spirit put it on my heart to write my ex-husband a letter to let him know that I forgive him. So I was obedient. And in that letter, I told him that I forgave him for everything he's ever done to hurt me. I asked him to forgive me for any pain I might have caused him. And then I asked him to forgive himself for any guilt or regret that he might have from the past. I wished him the best and I told him that I would be praying for him. 
I never received a response, but honestly, a re response wasn't necessary. Writing that letter did more for me than you can ever imagine. Writing it was one thing, but actually releasing it by dropping it, dropping it in the mail did the most. It was as if I was releasing everything that had me bound for so many years. And the Bible says, as God's chosen people, we are to clothe ourselves in compassion. This means that no matter what he did to me in the past, I needed to pray for him with the same compassion I have for my children when I'm praying for them. So one day I noticed something in me changed. My prayers for him changed. Instead of blessing him out in prayer, I was praying blessings over his life. So being able to forgive is a huge step towards healing. Forgive others, but also remember to forgive yourself. Tyler Perry once said, it's not an easy journey to get to a place where you forgive people, but it's such a powerful place because it frees you. I'm now at a place in my life where I can thank God for his ministry of rejection and closed doors. Thank you, Lord. It has made me the woman that I am today. If someone offends me today, I'm going to do all that I can to forgive them today. That's called guarding my heart and not giving the devil a foothold. Every single day, we need to lift our hearts up to God for cleansing because we are living in a broken world. Every single day, I have to choose not to focus on what's behind me because my past can't be changed, but I can. The only reason I will ever look back is to see how far I've come. And there is something about reaching a breaking point that causes a believer to desperately seek God. I had to go through it. I cried out to God, Lord, I need you. I can't do this by myself. My heart is broken and my mind is a mess. And I know that there is no pain that you can't heal. Let me just say that you don't know pain until you have called out to God and asked him to heal your heart, quiet your mind, and wipe away your tears. He did it for me, and I know he'll do it for you. That's when I heard his still small voice. He said, in this season, I need you by yourself so that I can work in you in order to be able to work through you. That gave me comfort in the midst of my pain and a peace that surpassed all understanding. So I want to give you three things to do while you're going through it. Number one is to trust God. He sees the finished puzzle while we are experiencing the pieces. We might see a mess, but he sees a masterpiece and he will use it for his glory. Our God is so awesome that he will put you back together right in front of the people that broke you. And not only will he do that, but he will put you together so differently that they won't even know how to approach you anymore. <laughs> but he will position you so that they will have to come to you because they will need you to pray them through. And you are going to bless people that cursed you, console people that hurt you, and you're going to be good to those who mistreated, disrespected, and walked all over you. At the end of that engagement, within six months of learning, healing, and growing under this ministry, I was able to walk up to my ex-fiance and his significant other, shake their hands and say, God bless you. Then I walked away with my head high, giving God his glory, because that's a God thing. Yeah. 
It doesn't matter how much it hurt or how, how bad your heart is broken. God will restore you. Your peace is going to come back. Your joy is going to come back and your heart and mind are going to heal. If you're anything like me, going through something like being rejected in a relationship will do a number on your self-esteem. But I promise you, one day your eyes will be open and you will see that the reason that person left is because you prayed for a good husband or good wife and they were not God's answer to your prayer. So they had to go. God will close a door to protect his vision, even if it hurts your feelings. It had nothing to do with you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, so trust the process. And that brings me to point number two, let go. What God has for you is greater than anything that has ever left your life. The best part is you won't have to beg for it, compete for it, or plead for it. You will only need to thank God for it. When you are in a tra transitioning to a new season, the people and situations that no longer fit your life will fall away. God will take you through a process to get rid of the wrong things before he brings you the right things. Do you know how much had to die in my life to get me to where I am now? Do you know how many issues I've faced or situations I've been through in order to gain strength and courage? My point is, some of your greatest victories are those that no one will ever know about. Do you know how many people I've had to walk away from? Or how many I've had walk away from me? I've had some give up on me. I've even had some to overlook me. But I thank God for Bethesda Church. It's full of God, love, and grace-given people who were waiting with arms wide open to welcome me home. Number three, chase your purpose. Back in June of this year, I graduated from Good News School of Ministry. And dedicating the last two years of my life to that program, working on my spiritual growth by seeking a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit is the best and most rewarding thing I've ever done for myself. I was chosen as student speaker for our graduation ceremony. And in closing, I want to share a portion of that message that I wrote with you as the worship team comes to the stage. I encourage you to take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way to encourage others. But remember, the enemy will try to block anything that God wants to use to, to help others so we can expect some obstacles along the way. And sometimes we need to go back to the basics and practice our ABCs because life's challenges won't get any easier. But in the midst of those challenges, we're going to, the going, when the going gets tough, you put on the whole armor of God, and then you A, accept the challenge. And you B, believe in yourself, because if God ordains or allows you to go through something, he has enough invested in you to know that you're, you can make it through. Take the C and clothe yourself in compassion, because you never know the magnitude of the battle the person next to you is fighting. D, don't let distractions steer you off course, because temptation will come. Be sure to E, encourage others. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, you may have to encourage yourself. He might knock you down, but don't throw in the towel. Stand up and fight. Let him know that you are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And F, fear not. God is with you, and you will not fail. He is in control. Take the G and grow through it. God is concerned with changing you within your circumstance, and he will use it for his glory. And H, have faith as you hold on to God's unchanging hand. 
I in all things give thanks, the good and the bad, because all things are working together for your good. Take J, Jesus, on your journey. And K, keep on, keep it on. And when you feel like giving up, you should L, lift your eyes to the heels, knowing that your help comes from the Lord. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Because M, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but N, never be ashamed to share your story. God brings comfort through the broken. You go through storms to be a lighthouse for others and to give them hope. You owe overcome obstacles by asking God to order your steps. And P, praise God for what he is doing and pray without ceasing. Know that Q, quitting is not an option. Get into God's presence. R, read his word and apply it to your life by S, speaking the word over your circumstance. And seek ye first the kingdom of God as you T, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You must, you, understand that his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. So you need to worship God for who he is and not base your worship on your circumstance. Declare that V, victory today is mine, no matter what things look like, because God is at work behind the scenes. And as you W, wait upon the Lord, take time to X, X-ray your life. Ask God to give you insight on what's on the inside of your heart. Strive to look more like Jesus. Someone is always watching, and the greatest sermon you will ever preach is how you live your life and how you treat others. <clears throat> Why? You don't understand now what he's doing, but someday you will. So run the race with patience and be zealous in seeking a relationship with God. This is something that you have to work at every single day. He is always there. All you have to do is reach out to him. Glorify him by sharing the gospel with others. And if there was a heart and courage tonight, to God be the glory. Wow. Mic drop. Mic drop. Listen. What a beautiful word. What I want to say about that, she didn't preach a sermon, y'all. She just came right up in here and prophesied over you. You had to go through it. Trina, we love you. Amazing job. Can you let her know how much you appreciate her tonight? Wow. I hope you're ready to do this again. All right. Wow. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I want to speak to two groups of people tonight. The Word's going to do what the Word needs to do. But if you're in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and you would like to make Him the Lord of your life, if that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me. One back here. God bless you. God bless you. You see that hand? Anyone else? You say, that, that's me, Pastor. I want to receive Christ tonight. Have my sins forgiven. Anyone else? Thank you for these hands up here. God bless you guys. Awesome. Anyone else before we pray? Come on, let's every voice lifted together. I want us to pray together. Come on, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. That you did it all for me. So right now, I am asking you 
to forgive me for all my sins, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate those individuals that just made a decision for Jesus. Beautiful. I'm going to make this real, real simple. We have another worship song. We're going to do one more song. I am blown away by some of what she said tonight. Like, I, at one point I screamed, give me a pen. Like, that don't happen to preachers all the time. You won't even look like what you've been through. Man, you won't even look like what you've been through. And another thing she said is that a lot of times we want people to reap a harvest and people do reap what they sow, but their harvest is none of your business. <laughs> what a gift, what a gift. I know that word spoke to so many people. I'm gonna ask the prayer team and staff to come and get in place. And maybe you've been through a difficult season, one of those seasons, and this word spoke to you. You had to go through it so that God can make you into the person he's calling you to be. As we begin to sing this worship song tonight, if you need prayer, please come forward. I'm gonna ask Steve and Trina if you would come up too and help us pray for people. Don't leave tonight without receiving prayer. One more time though, let's give Jesus the best praise we have all night. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.